Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're going to be talking all about the ECS, the Earth Cargo Service. Um, so the blur for this episode, um, I'll be using some kind of a very good one, is in this episode we discussed a somewhat forgotten and overlooked part of early human exploration, the Earth Cargo Service, ECS exploring whether Paul Mayweather had a point about Starfleet making the ECS redundant and the implications for the crews and starships. So, yeah, I mean, this this is an um, an idea that um, i come up with. You've been very excited about for yeah. months. <laughs> you have <laughs> no idea how excited he's been about this for months. Yeah, I mean, and I thought doing this kind of off the back of our obviously enterprise 20th anniversary episode we thought well it's, it's perfect it just it's I no actually say you've been excited about this for probably about a year now yeah i think probably. you came up with this in the last year actually after you rewatched the whole of enterprise and the build-up to the 20 uh, 25th anniversary so i've had a year of constant um so like can we do it can we do it oh big upon this so enterprise 25th anniversary not 20 and 20th anniversary <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, 25th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. I, I just the idea just kind of came about. Well, I, I think just... it's 20th. Is it 20th? I'm, I'm wrong. I think. Yeah. Okay, 20th anniversary. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Trust your gut, Jamie. Um, yeah. So the idea just for me, it just kind of. I was watching. I said that Horizon. You got. You kind of you got Fortunate Son, but it really came from Horizon. The episode Horizon in season two, obviously where. Uh, Travis goes onto um, his old ship, his family um, ship, and it, it was just... yeah. What, what what's the name of that ship? Hmm? Do you know the name of the ship? Yeah, yeah the Horizon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and um, you know, and it was just that statement I said that we read in the blurb that kind of Paul, his brother, makes. And then it was speculation of, well, what actually happened to the personnel on the ship? Well, well, the interesting curiosity is what happened to them during the Romulan War. It's a real topic of our, a real issue for the episode. And a while back, me and Sam, we had, I think, a good 20, 30 minute discussion about it, didn't we? And I just think, again, you know. This 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 topic might have come up in another Star Trek podcast or a general podcast. It may has, but I just I just think it's just it's a it's a small obscure part of kind of you know Trek. And I, but I just thought it was just a really interesting thread to kind of pull on. And yeah, so we've got actually, and again, this is thanks to Simon. He's very generously um, typed out some information from the. Star Trek Federation, the first 150 years book by David A. Goodman, because um, I, I I don't have my copy anymore. So uh, so I'm very generously uh, took the time to type it out and send it to me via email. So I just want to thank you for that, mate, because that must have taken a bit of time, I would imagine. Um, yeah, half an hour, I think. Yeah. So so I said just using the information that we've got here, which I'm sure we'll read out, um, and just general speculation, we'll just. I suppose we'll just dive right in. Do you think it's best um, to read out the um, the info that you sent me? Um, we could start there. It's quite lengthy. I can vaguely remember what I wrote, but mm. it, it kind of does get to your point to a certain degree. Mm. 
Well, we'll, we'll just, we won't read that all it's of a, it. It's, it is a good prologue, as it says. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just read a bit of it, and we can always refer back to it as we need to. Um, despite its long-term influence at the start, the Terra Nova Connolly went silent. The project was considered an epic disaster. The experience convinced Earth to refocus. Another plan developed during the construction of the... Constangroga. Thank you, Si. I can actually say it today, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'm going I'm to pronounce it wrong otherwise. Uh, on the back burner was now brought to the forefront. The biggest problems humans face in travelling to the stars, Cochrane said, was that, deliv- that was that dilithium was not native to Earth. If it had been, we wouldn't have needed the Vulcans at all. The Vulcans have been willing to provide only a small continuing supply, so if humanity was ever going to independently explore the stars, Earth had to develop its own pipeline. This created a dilemma. In order to explore the stars, humans needed dilithium, but in order to acquire it, they needed to explore the stars. So It's a kind of chicken and egg scenario. Yeah, it's your, your classic catch-22 situation, isn't it? Yeah. The only way to do that was to trade, thus the Earth Cargo Service ECS was established. Um, the infrastructure developed for the building of the... Constant Groger. ...was immediately turned over to the ECS. Um, there were still enough resources on the moon, Mars, and the mining colonies of the asteroid belt to build more interstellar ships. And there were resources unique to the solar systems that the traders had something to trade. So with a small supply of dilithium and a new engine designed by Cochrane himself that could reach 1.8, the first wave of cargo freighters, the J-Class, and later the Y-Class were built, loaded, and launched. So obviously, you know, the other thing as well was, is they... Um, the, the ships carrying the cargo had to be protected and monitored and into trade routes where they encountered other ships. But the crew obviously could not be in suspended animation. So obviously they would have to spend years in space. And one of the initial worries was, oh, you know, we're not going to get anyone. But as it says here in the prologue, it's what we're reading now, they obviously had no shortage of people because for a lot of people, Earth just didn't hold any appeal anymore and i think and you know i can kind of understand that if you think about the fact that earth just emerged from a third world war and we're still recovering i can completely understand that so and you know and as a result of that you've got generations of human children born and raised between the stars nicknamed boomers and they would kind of become well they were vital to the initial successes of the future starfleet and they were kind of the first human ambassadors weren't they into space yeah so yeah, I just think, um, you know, the ECS, I said, was vital. And I think without them, you know, they were kind of, again, in that journey that you see humanity take of getting into the stars. It was a product of its time. I think that's what we're saying is because yeah. once Starfleet got fully up and running in the TOS era, everything was a bit compartmentalized so you had ECS then you had basic elements of like Starfleet but it wasn't Starfleet it was like earth protection yeah I mean that's the thing we don't know when the ECS uh, was officially disbanded but you've got to think it definitely would have been before TOS era because you've got to think of the constitution class ships that they were they were they had that ability to carry cargo anyway like a huge amounts of cargo so they so the, the ECS you they, they wouldn't have been and I think as I said before you also have um automated um cargo vessels as well yeah 
So in that way, the ECS kind of became obsolete. Um, but bringing it bringing it back around to kind of our first kind of our first uh, thing we're going to look at. Um, do you think? I mean, you know, the whole thing about what what uh, Travis's brother Paul said. Do you think Starfleet kind of forgot about them? I think it's more Starfleet was a bit. It was to Starfleet it was a bit of a nuisance. You've got all these ships around, and you kind of you've then got to build up a fleet to try and protect them, but you can't do that. You've only got one ship around that can actually go around. Like, how do you do that? So you've got to be reliant on the Vulcans to do their protecting of them. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because and they're a bit more flashy. So yeah. everyone's mo. You've got to bear in mind, day one, you're going to have all these people that want to become boomers. Starfleet comes on with this nice shiny big ship and you can imagine their um, recruitment drops to like 15% or something daft and it's yeah. like they're getting the people that don't want to be in Starfleet but still want to travel but who's like that's not going to be many people mm. yeah because I mean that that was the point that Paul was making is that well you know we you know you know, it's harder for us because obviously everyone wants to join Starfleet now. That's kind of what he was saying to Travis, wasn't it? It's like, you know, that's what everyone wants to do. That's kind of like, it's kind of like the new fad, I suppose, isn't it? And you know, it's, it's, I think I the thing I think of, and I can't remember if I said this before, but it reminds me of that Merchant Navy during Second World War. Everyone wants to be in the proper Navy, the Air Force, the Navy, Air Force, Navy, Army, mm. and then you've got people that still need to deliver the food to Britain mm. so you're going to get less people going to the Merchant Navy but there's just as significant as the armed forces during that time mm. and it's similar case here it's like we need to trade to be, be able to build more ships of the X class or Columbia class whatever the hell you want to call it I still call it X class I don't care but That's to fun. do that you need materials exactly so you need to have that trade and the only way you're going to be able to do that is via the cargo service exactly so i think you know and the other thing as well i think is that um you know i think for, i think for a lot of people the appeal was being able to travel further because obviously you think of the first Walk five ship obviously whereas That's, what you do wonder whether it was a kind of in some ways whether they were trying that some of them did um become boomers so that they could become travelers and that's the only way you're going to see foreign climbs without a hugely expensive ticket Mm. yeah i mean i think i think you know the other thing as well is obviously you know i mean it's just i think i can understand paul paul mayweather's point you know it's kind of like I mean, maybe there was. I mean, maybe it was, you know, we never, because we don't really see enough of it. I think that's the thing. But it's like, it just, I think from his point of view, I could just say there was a lack of appreciation. It's like, well, you know, without the ECS, you wouldn't have Starfleet where it is now. So it's like they owe them a huge, huge debt of gratitude. But in the future, Starfleet would have to clear up all the messes that the ECS ships had caused. You just look at um, a piece of action. Mm. We, you know where actually the horizon visits that planet leaves a book behind and contaminates their culture because they're not trained in the prime objective like 
um, the members of Starfleet are. Mm. So yeah. there is a that's a first reason why they sh- they should have been disbanded because they were doing that unregulated. Well, who, who's going to go out and regulate them and go, oh, you shouldn't have done that? No one can. No one could have done. Well, the thing is, from what I understand it, um, the ECS was a separate body from Starfleet anyway. I don't think Starfleet actually governed them. I think they were a separate thing. So maybe that's why Starfleet just wasn't around as much then. I don't know. But I think the ECS, they were, they were a separate body. I don't think they were intrig. I don't think they were integ- uh, integral to Starfleet. Integrated. In- integrated, yeah. Integral. I don't think they were integrated with Starfleet. So that might be another reason why Starfleet you just didn't, you know, Starfleet were just kind of out of the way. It's kind of staying out of the way. It's like, well, you know, this. Yes, they helped us, but we're not officially. You know, we don't govern them. So, but then again, as you said, it's same. So. It's a weird kind of thing, but at the same time, it brings us back to the point of what you were saying about Starfleet you know, building ships to protect them. So I don't know. It's a bit, it's, as you said, it's a bit of a murky area because, as you say, there is information, but we don't know a whole lot. So this is, as I said, this is just us speculating about it, isn't it? But I don't know. I just, I think, I think you know, Travis's brother does bring up an interesting point. Um, but you know, at the same time, I do see the appeal of Starfleet. I can understand, you know, going out into the stars and, you know, and, and obviously, you know, travelling faster to get into places faster. I completely understand that. Because, but I, I, you know, the ECS, you've got to commend them. You've got really got to commend them as well because they have to spend their whole lives in space, and I think that's an amazing thing. If you think of Starfleet, you, you know, particularly now, you can get a transfer. You know, you, you only have to spend maybe a few years in space or whatever, and you can transfer. But for these boomers, they had to pretty much spend their whole time in space. And I'm sure there's other stuff that they probably could have done, but at the time they were kind of created, they're probably... I mean, what option really did humans probably have apart from being on Earth and helping, you know... Do you know what I mean? It's like probably... yeah, you've only got limited choices. You've only got Starfleet, which has got very few ships, most of which are around solar system, mm. or you've got the cargo service who are actually going out and seeing the world, mm. and you don't have years of training sat in classrooms, mm. and yeah. you can just go and enjoy yourself for a bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I dare say they probably had to learn a lot of the stuff on the fly as well. I'm sure they were probably within the ECS. I'm sure they were probably training. Well, I would wonder whether they're the basis for the Universal Translator in some form. You think so? I would. Well, how they would have to have some form of it. Because they're the first ships going out there. They would have had to got something from the Vulcans. I would imagine. Otherwise, how do you how do you chat to someone? good point very good point particularly said if they're traveling and going to different because you said that most of the trade they got was from other worlds so yeah that's a that's a very good point it's a very interesting point but it's just you know i think you know and, and, and they're training and stuff they probably learned a lot of it on the fly i'm sure there was within the ss i'm sure there was probably some form of training that they probably went through on earth i guess so there was probably something like that set up but you know a lot of their experience came from being out in space so you know i think you've really got to commend them 
and I think they deserve more credit than they they get, really. You know, it um, is more cowboy diplomacy than um, even original series. Hmm. You couldn't get any more, I don't think. Even Starfleet's kind of learning, uh, finding its feet. Hmm. So the ECS more so. Like you do wonder whether they were established prior to Starfleet, or whether it was established around the same time. Yeah, because I mean the, I said the 150th Federation book. It's not exactly clear, is it? Exactly when it was established, because it says to the. It, uh, hang on, let me just, uh, just go back to, uh, go back to the notes. Um, what does it say? Uh, um, it was said. It says something in the prologue. Oh yeah, um, their lifelong experience interstellar space travel eventually become vital to the initial successes of the future Starfleet. So it says of the future Starfleet. So wouldn't that imply? Wouldn't that word imply that Starfleet hadn't actually been created yet? I'd imagine so. I mean, that's what I've kind of read from it. So if we go based off on that, and Starfleet might not have even been established yet. So, which would make a lot of sense because if Starfleet, you know, the primary function of that was to build a ship and go out into space, wasn't it? Like, well, I say, but, you know, effectively um, explore space. So, yeah, I mean, without the ECS, you probably wouldn't have had Starfleet. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see um, Paul's point, Paul Mayweather's point. I kind of do understand where he's coming from. Um, I suppose, really, that kind of, is there anything else you wanted to say in regards to that at all or anything? No. No? So, well, that's a good... So, shall we obviously go on to kind of probably the main meat of the topic is what do we think kind of happened to the... You know, what do we think happened to the ACS? So, specifically, it's personnel and ships because I think it was... They had, what, is it the Class 1 and the Class J, wasn't it? Class Y and J, I think. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, I said... Me and Simon have discussed this, and and our, and what we kind of come to, like like any kind of organisation at a point where I said where eventually, um, you know, there's no need for said for cargo ships, particularly when Starfleet. Well, they were probably they were obviously disbanded at some point, but the the theory, the kind of the theory we um, developed from it is they wouldn't have just disbanded them and that's it, because well, if you got to think of where Enterprise obviously is based in the 2150s, well, what happens next, kind of post season four? Well, if they've been, if they've been, you know, season five. Uh, well, the Earth Romulan War, which lasted for a good six years, where thus the Romulans were had well, well, effectively outmanned and outgunned Starfleet, you know, because at that time. Earth only had still had warp five ships, whereas the Romulans had warp seven ships and cloaking technology. So, you know, Earth was obviously probably pretty desperate. So the idea that me and Simon had was they wouldn't they wouldn't just dismantle wouldn't get rid of the ships and the personnel. Our theory was was that they would use parts of the Y and J class maybe to fit into the Starfleet ships they had. That's not fully what we said, but effectively they would transfer every um, experienced member of crew onto their ships and all the ships they were building 
all the anything of value from their ships would be then taken off of their ships and either incorporated or built into Starfleet the, ships, yeah. The, the Starfleet Dalish class because they were building billions of them and yep. integrating them into Starfleet because they literally had no choice. So that would include warp engines because I think that the point I made to Jamie is it's far easier to refit an old engine than build an entirely new one. That is my thought. From 1.8 to warp 5, surely that's far easier to do than build it from scratch. If it's already in its entirety, mm. I, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, and you know, and Starfleet would have been desperate at that time. They, w- they would use the resources and personnel they got available. They wouldn't they wouldn't waste it they wouldn't just say oh well you're obsolete anymore you don't need you you can go and do something else so we don't need these parts just chuck them away they would use everything they could particularly if you're particularly if you're against an enemy that is superior in terms of manpower and firepower well you're gonna use everything you can so you know and you know i can't i couldn't imagine you know if if humanity's kind of surpass itself in terms of well you know no poverty no this and that well I don't think you know they're gonna waste stuff. So like, you know, they would recycle like the the, the ship parts. And instead, they would, you know, use the personnel needed. And I think, you know, I think the I think the UCS personnel would be willing to help. You know, and the thing is, they have vast knowledge, as said, and experience in space, which would be invaluable to Starfleet as well. So, because you know, that's the other thing as well about the ECS. They're not just gone to other worlds and effectively being the first human ambassadors they probably had probably quite a few scraps in space if you think of um fortunate fortunate is it fortunate son yeah and horizon well what happened in both those episodes well the the ships got attacked and you know you're gonna and the thing was the other thing as well you've got to think of is those ships uh were compared to say nxo1 well, you know, like not as much speed or even firepower, and they still managed to hold hold their own. So I you think know. you'd get them in with again. I I love my World War Two analogies at the moment, but that's one. I think you'd have like powers brigade. So you'd hold move the whole kit and caboodle onto that new ship, and then either add more crew members to it, hmm. like rookies onto it. But you'd move them in their entirety so that you're not breaking that that crew up. Because obviously they work well. They're, the only problem with it is you would have to train them on the new ships. You would not want them going into battle. Yeah. Fresh. Otherwise, I think that would be more disastrous than anything else. Or you, or you do put them in with a Starfleet command crew, but I can imagine that would cause rifts and problems. Yeah, definitely, I could understand that. Although they probably would work together for the common goal, which is obviously at that time would have been to beat the Romulans. But yeah, I can understand. So yeah, I think that's what they would, they would probably do. I mean, do you think? Do you think maybe if obviously they could? I mean, let's just say for argument's sake, they couldn't get enough parts to build to build enough Starfleet ships. Do you reckon they would have just kept the old cast Y and J intact and just used them anyway? No, too slow, Jeremy. Too slow. Um, not um, not enough power, not enough shields. I mean, I suppose uh, they could... As, I, as I've always said, biscuit tins. It's you, more, you don't want biscuit tins. You just like sitting ducks. 
what and the way they moved, they were they were too slow. Even what about obviously well, obviously particularly with their cargo, but what say the cargo was jettisoned or whatever, they would be a bit faster, wouldn't they? They were, but yeah. well, maybe maybe not so much to use in terms of obviously in a firefight, but they could be good for a distraction, as a set a trap for the Romulans or something. I don't know. This really small pit ship. Oh, look at that! It's defenceless. You know, they, they could set a trap or something. So I think they could still be used in some capacity if if you know they couldn't get enough parts from there to to help with this, building the Starfleet ship. My so problem think, is that if you're gonna use bits off of it, what you're gonna put on, I don't you it wouldn't be worth it because then you've got to put stuff back onto it mm. just for some trick that the Romulans aren't really gonna go for. Or no, I'm going to be interested probably in. Probably not. And then you're going to, again, the other problem with that is you then going to have to put crew members on that vessel and then kind of. True. True, because obviously, you know, they wouldn't, yeah. yeah. That's a good point, yeah. I, that, that's where I have to think with it. I'm not convinced with it, but you wouldn't do that. You would. I think you'd just use the hulls as scrap. I, I don't know what you'd do with them. Maybe you would just. You would use them. As whole plating for a new ship, I, I don't know. Or whether, or whether you would keep a couple around just for when things go back to normal. But by which point things may have moved on, and you're all onto automated cargo ships. Mm. I don't, I don't know. It's very difficult to say, but I think they're more valuable people on the weaponry and everything that you can put on something faster, quicker, more powerful than. A crummy old, you know, uh, was it JLY class yeah. ship? Which is just not. It's you got to bear in mind how old they were when the Roman War happened. Yeah, because how I mean, outdated. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you got to. You're thinking at least probably what over 30, 40 years. So, and I don't think in that time there'd been much in terms of. Oh yeah, we can make the warp speed would increase or anything. I think Travis managed to get a bit more speed out of out of the horizon. No, think, you, if you need if you wanted more speed, you would have to take out the whole warp core yeah. and start again. And I think it cost him too much. And as he's no, as I think it was the fortunate captain said, that's what we like about it. So if you get rid of it, you're missing the point. Because you get there at the same time as a, an X class. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing. I think for these, for these, said for, for the ECS, for these boomers, it, it was partly. It wasn't just, you know, for, I think for them, it wasn't just oh, cargo from A to B. Part of it was, it was all about the journey as well, going out into space, exploring, and you know, and you've got to think of it. You know, in some ways, it must have been very exciting. You've got to think you're you're building up it's that anticipation. Kind to, of like. T-Clippers. It's got that kind of vibe. Cutty Sark vibes. Kind of... Who can... You know, seeing another part of the world, who can do it quickest in some, deg- some degrees. Hmm. Well, it's just it's just that whole anticipation. You've got to think from their perspective of, oh, we're going to be meeting a new species. I wonder what they're going to be like. And, you know, you can imagine it must have been, must have been really quite exciting. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's great that Starfleet was eventually... I managed to, as you say, you know, 
go from a to b a lot quicker you know warp five warp six and but it's just like you know you could just imagine that anticipation of waiting long enough i think i just just sound quite excited about that you know and i don't know it's just and that's the thing you know these people had a lot less resources and everything else and yet they still managed it and they still they still managed it which i think is incredible really because the thing as well which you haven't read that is also it says here um the trade um the trade routes eventually opened up the ships returned to earth from the vega colony the moons of ten uh Teneba and Trillius Prime with not only dilithium but other goods and info from species who were like the Vulcans who were willing to trade with Earth. It took a long time, but as a result of this period of trade, humans also learned ways to revitalize their planet. The irradiated, uh, irradiated, irradiated. God, I'm terrible with my words today. Soil was healed and rejuvenated with anti-radiation treatments. Food production began again, this time about the divisions and competitions caused by separate governments, but rather with the idea of feeding everybody. Space industry employed first hundreds of thousands and then millions. Education became a requirement to survive in the new age, and the Trade Council helped re-establish schools and universities throughout the world. Self-enrichment and individual achievement became the goals of the human race. Earth was entering a golden age. So, so the ECS, not only was it in terms of their success, in terms of being the first human ambassadors in helping Earth humans reach into space, they also they were also vital to the revitalization of Earth itself. So you know it's you know it's just it's just a very interesting topic you know in terms of the impact they had and what we think would happen to them. So is it safe to say would we'd we'd agree they probably would have been disbanded probably by the time the Roman War came around? Do you think? Pardon? Do you reckon they would have disbanded by that time? Possibly. You know, you've got to think as well then, well, I suppose really what happened after the Romulan War? I suppose really those that were in the ESS probably would have just probably stayed in Starfleet, do you think? It wouldn't have gone back, Jeremy. Hmm? It, it wouldn't have come back. I think they hmm. would have come under Starfleet as I think there's a trade core. Yeah, because I think, I mean, that's the thing about the NX ships. I don't know if later on in the late kind of 22nd century, if the ships gained that ability to, to, to haul cargo as well. We know, obviously, by TOS. I imagine. I think they did have cargo cargo base. You saw that during season three. Mm. So, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah. So they probably just say, so, you know, you've got to fit a class Y and J. If there, if there were any left from the Romulan War, like any she probably would have been probably in a museum or something wouldn't it or at least a, you know parts of one or whatever so yeah so i just i just could never see mis- see myself starfleet wasting the resources that they had they would they would use what what's there um so yeah is there anything else we wanted to to say about Not like the you think of about the ACS, I think we've kind of <laughs> I said we've had a we've had a good discussion about it, haven't we? It just you know, I just think it's I mean I know it's like an, I know it's kind of an obscure part of Trek and I said you only you only ever hear about it in Enterprise and that's only in a couple of episodes, but it was just such an obscure part that I just found really fascinating. And again, you know, I don't know if any other podcasts have ever done this before, if they've ever examined or anything like that. But I just thought, you know, it was just something I thought that just would 
great to discuss. Kind of just bring out to the open because it, you know, you know us guys. You know, we 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 want to be different. <laughs> we just, you know, it's just an interesting thread I just thought would be great to explore, really. So, yeah, I mean, I said, you know, we've, I mean, the only other information that we did have for the episode, I think, was it Memory Alpha, but it wasn't. It was very short. There was, it's basically reiterating really what what we got from um, the 150th Year Federation book, which, as you know, is from what we've read out is a lot more detailed. So you know, but but no, I think overall, I think they would have used what they had, and I think I think it would have been nice if Starfleet had acknowledged them more. I think it's kind of they've kind of as I think as you put brilliantly in the blurb side, they've been forgotten and kind of overlooked. I think because without them, you wouldn't have Starfleet wouldn't be where it is now. They were an important stepping stone. I think they just kind of get forgotten about, and I think they deserve a lot of credit, really a lot of credit, not just for the future Starfleet going out into space, but we're also helping Earth get back on its feet, particularly after a Third World War. Because you, I mean, how long did it take for Earth to recover? Is it 100 years, less than a century? No idea, Jamie. But less than, I think it was, but I think it was mentioned in Enterprise, but less than a century. Whereas the Vulcans, well, that took them a lot longer. So, yeah. So, I'm, I I think that ends our, um, our episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so a bit bit of a shorter one that got uh, this week, guys. But it was just, I think, just a topic we, you know, I said I was very excited to talk about it, and you know, and I just thought, why not? So, well, that's the thing. Quick, time just come to mind about the ECS. You said something about them, um, about them being governed. Do you reckon they would have had their own governing body? Do you think then? Oh, good, yeah. Yeah. I was just I was just thinking about that because I think um, from Fortunate Son I think that I think actually there was a regulation where they couldn't keep prisoners. There was something I, I can't remember if it was the captain of the, the ship who said, "Well, you know, you're not the, the, the first officer." I can't remember his name. You would have to because they're ambassadors, so you'd have to have a governing body so that these so-called ambassadors were the kind of best advocates for humanity. If you get a kind of Del boy, that's not going to put humanity in a good light. No, it's going to give him a bad reputation, isn't it? Yeah. So you'd have to have that so that you can have good secure um, trade routes, secure um, trade lines. Otherwise, the whole thing wouldn't work. Otherwise, you'd lose out on some material that we could be desperate for building or rebuilding Earth or building um, Ships, yeah. Starfleet vessels. Yeah. Yeah, because as you say, you know, they're travelling, they get a bad reputation. Well, these upgrading species, they're not going to want to trade with Earth. They're not going to. So, well, Just you know, look at what happened with Ferengi in mm. kind of next gen, beginning of next gen. Oh, don't trust these guys. Don't trust these guys. Mm. You, you don't want that reputation. Otherwise, it spreads. It, you know, kind of uh, people talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I would have done, and I would imagine that that um, leadership would have been, again, um, interned within Starfleet, probably becoming 
maybe cop commodores or low admirals of some varying degree mm. or the or they would still become the leadership of the trade corps eventually something like that realm you wouldn't want them kind of fleet admirals you wouldn't want them up there because again they haven't had training so you want them kind of lowish down that they can't cause too much havoc but have still got enough authority mm. I, I think no i think that makes sense so um yeah i think i think that ends our episode so yeah like i said we hope you enjoyed listening guys um i certainly enjoyed said it's something i've been wanting to do for a long <laughs> a long while and it's like so it's to me let's do it whilst you're still really into it and really excited for it so you know um and i said i just thought it would just be perfect considering you said the ns prize 20 year anniversaries you know us we like to theme things together don't we sorry for our episodes if we can yeah so yeah just made sense so um is there anything else you want to say no any, not any, i can think of no housekeeping or anything like that no no. Should we do a quick where people can find us or if you want to? Yep. So um yeah, if you want to follow us guys, you can follow us on uh, Facebook or on Twitter at the Engage Podcast. Um uh, you can also check us out obviously our website at the engage uh, com, or you can email us at the engage podcast at yahoo.com. So yeah. And obviously, you know, you can listen to us. We're on, obviously, on SoundCloud. I think we're on, was it iTunes as well? Yeah. Yeah. So all those other places where you can listen to podcasts. So, yeah. Uh, We hope you enjoyed listening, guys. And we'll be back soon with our next episode. Bye. Bye.